on Locked On Goals. We have a wild couple of games against Iowa, and we talk about some college players that will be coming to San Diego pretty soon on today's Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. How's it going, everyone? I'm your host, J.D. Hernandez, covering minor league hockey for over a decade. This is Goals Thursday, where we talk about the minor leagues every Thursday and also a little bit of college hockey. And for those of you listening Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, we do have a couple of college games that I would say you guys should check out and watch, especially especially that Minnesota-Minnesota State game that's the nightcap. Y'all should be paying very close attention to that game. And I'll tell you why later on in the podcast, as I will be talking with Erica Ayala, host of Locked on Kraken, and Sarah Avampato, host of Locked on Los Angeles Kings, where we talk about some of the key players in the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers. So that'll be a fun one to listen to later on this podcast. All right, so let's get right into what happened over the last week. The goals did play two games as the Iowa Wild came to town and this was a pretty wild couple of games yes that pun is completely intended on the first of the two games we saw a debut this is a very significant debut because this was someone that the ducks just picked in this past draft the fourth round pick josh lapina made his professional debut yeah josh lapina from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst, their season had just ended, so that meant that Josh Lapina could make his professional debut with the San Diego Goals, and this was a great debut for him. I thought he was great all over the place. Right away in the first period, I mean, yeah, he was kind of given a rough start the first couple minutes. He was up against the heavy hitters for Iowa. He was kind of getting hit around his first couple shifts. I'm like, oh boy, this this is going to be something. You could tell right away. But then the goal started getting lots of good chances. Drew Hellison, another rookie, he got a good chance. Bryce Kendop, he also had a very good chance on the same shift. And then right around that same time, Josh Lapina from about, I would say from about the neutral zone, he started to come in off of a Buddy Robinson pass. And Josh Lapina just rifled one towards the net, just missed, just did not go in. And Brendan Gooley picked up the loose change for the rebound. So Brendan Gooley gets his third of the season. But hey, more importantly, Josh Lapina got his first professional point. First point in the American Hockey League. So congrats to Josh Lapina. His first point in the American Hockey League in the first period. That made it one nothing goals early on in the game. So, yeah, they, they looked aggressive. They looked really good. They outshot Iowa 13-10 in that first frame. Second period, Iowa began to show a little bit of emotion. They started to show a little bit of gusto in their game. I mean, it was kind of more conservative at first, but then they just wanted to get physical on this game. They wanted to keep control of the game and really take control as far as shots. And what did help, by the way, was San Diego gifting Iowa two power plays, which they could have scored on and didn't. So right away you think, oh, this is this is getting a little tight. Then the third period, that's where things got 
very interesting. It was, guess who? Lukash Dostal. Yeah, it was the Dostal show once again. And he had the shutout going for the first 58 and a half minutes of this game. He looked terrific on this one. So I will just give all the praise in the world to Dostal. The bakery was closed on this one. Iowa was starting to open up the ice a lot. And they were getting some really good passes and some quality shots that Dostal just stopped. That was until the tail end of the third period. Iowa had the extra attacker on. They pulled Zane McIntyre from his own net. So with the extra attacker, that's where Iowa finally struck on the game. Connor Dewar from Kalen Addison and Marco Rossi. Yes, that Marco Rossi. That tied things up at one. So of course, we went to overtime. And overtime did not last long for San Diego or Iowa because Kalen Addison from the Wild, he scored in overtime just over Lukash Dostal. A 2-1 to final score. That was a tough loss for San Diego because I thought they looked really good on this game. They tried to be aggressive at times. And again, a great debut by Josh Lapina. From, UM, from UMass Amherst. The second game of that series. This was a lot better for San Diego. This was also plagued with a ton of TV issues. So I didn't really get to watch a lot of this game because the TV was out. And then also, we didn't get to hear the dulcet tones of Andy Zilch. So that was a little bit rough to watch, especially for a goals fan that might have been watching at home and not at the game going, who's this guy on TV? Like, who's this guy on AHL? This isn't what I signed up for. This is not Andy Zilch. No, it was the Iowa announcers. And they were not too happy on Saturday's game. First off, props to the San Diego goals. I love the jerseys they had for Hockey Fights Cancer Night at Pechanga Arena. Those jerseys are just absolutely wonderful. One of my favorite jerseys they've had all season. Just a clean look for Hockey Fights Cancer Night. And we also had, you know, a slight change in the lineup. Well, we had a slight change in the lineup for the first game. On the first game against Iowa, you obviously had Lapina being the fourth line center. So that was a big one. And Brendan Gooley returned. Danny O'Regan, he also returned which meant that Jack Bedini was out, and so was Vincent Marlowe. So already we're seeing a little bit of just shuffling around. And then the second game, you had Gru Limoges Robinson, Lapina centering the fourth line again, O'Regan centering third line again. So mostly the same, except for Brent Gates Jr. He got into the lineup. Gates went into that fourth line because Jacob Perot was announced that he was out due to a lower body injury. And this might have been a dangerous play towards the end of the game. So Jacob Perot, he was out for this game. But Jacob Larson, he was there. Yeah, so you get one Jacob out, you get the other one. Jacob Larson with Drew Hellison. And I will say Larson had a good game here. This one had a lot of action early on. It was 17-12 shots for Iowa. Michael or Mitchell Chafee scored his 18th, making it 1-0. And then it was all San Diego from there. 
Bryce Kendop, Buddy Robinson, Lucas Elvinus. They each scored in the second period. That was where the fun really got started because he had this deflection from Bryce Kendop, and that was the first goal. Then the Buddy Robinson goal. This was just a sweet, sweet pass from behind the net, and I will give all the credit on this one to Alex Limoges, who I have praised a lot on this very podcast. Alex Limoges went behind the net, had a perfect pass to Buddy Robinson, his fourth of the season in San Diego. That made it 2-1. to one. By the way, the Bryce Kinsop goal on the power play. So San Diego, power play again. Woo! Then Lucas Elvinus. Less than a minute after the Buddy Robinson score, Lucas Elvinus just shot one from the faceoff dot. And I don't know, like he just kind of like slung it. He slung it towards the net. And good things happen sometimes when you just put the puck towards the net. And the Iowa goaltender, who at the time was Zane McIntyre, he just missed it. Zane McIntyre just simply missed seeing where that puck went. So that was a great goal for Lucas Elvinus as flinging it. That made it 3-1. to one. Oh, but third period. The goals were not done yet. Because Brent Gates Jr., who had just come back into the lineup, he snapped it from almost outside the faceoff dot. That made it 4-1. to one. A great shot over the right shoulder of McIntyre. So that was just a good, good goal. You love to see it. And then after that, it got a little bit close. Oh, by the way, this, the Brent Gates goal was also on the power play. So the goals... Two for four on the power play. Looking very good. Iowa did come back to score two. Kevin Kuzman and Mitchell Chafee with his second. And then Danny O'Regan with the empty netter. So that's your final score. San Diego won it 5-3. And Lukas Dostal was brilliant in net once again. He was brilliant in both games. In the first game, he saw 36 shots and stopped 34 of them. On the second one, he saw 35 shots and saved 32 of them. So Lukas Dostal with two consecutive games where he got a point for, or at least a point for the San Diego goals. And this one was just an impressive game because Iowa just was pummeling him in the first and third, especially the third period. The goals were outshot 13-7, and it was the Dostal show on that one. So congrats to the goals for I guess keeping or I guess starting a new point streak of two and Dostal still looking very good in net. All right, we're going to take a brief timeout and this second part of the program, I will be joined by Erica Ayala and Sarah Avampado. We're going to talk all about the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers and a couple of prospects from that team. But first, Let's talk about Bet Online, which is where the game starts. It is the one place that has you covered and the one place that we trust. And hey, the NCAA basketball tournament's over, but the NBA playoffs are starting in a week and a half. So you have that to look forward to. The Stanley Cup playoffs, that begins in less than a month. Can you believe that? Less than a month away. So if you want to check out the latest props, odds, and lines, and this website has a lot of them. Head over to Bet Online right now. And hey, you know what? Bet Online. 
is the official online sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network, and please gamble responsibly. second segment again we have kelly schultz kelly you were able to break down what's going on with minnesota state sarah was saying she didn't know what what they had facing in net minnesota that is so we'll see what happens jason says he's not scared kelly we're gonna take you off screen just for a moment because we're gonna focus on the minnesota golden gophers here all right so jason let's start with you you said i ain't never scared right so let's go what gives you confidence in this minnesota squad to get past minnesota state I will just say off record, I did watch that game um, at work. I happened to have the TV on and decided to put it on that last game between the Golden Gophers and Western Michigan. I thought their goaltending looked spectacular on that game. Justin Close, I, I have looked at his stats pretty much all season long and they eclipsed LaFontaine. His goals against is only 1.8. His save percentage is also up there at a 929. He's looked spectacular, especially the last few games. I particularly look at his last game against Western Michigan because he was doing very good with his lateral movement. And I just think overall, he's a little bit more calm around the net. He doesn't play outside of the crease all that much compared to other goaltenders. He's just very calm, very cool. Will talk to his teammates at times. So I like his goaltending a little bit better, but I think Sarah has something to say about LaFontaine as well, who's no longer there, who's now in the Carolina system with the Wolves. But I I look at both these goalies, and I think that Justin Close is a little bit more to the book, and I think that will fare well for them. Yeah, I feel like that's, it's a very weird situation that um... – they have found themselves in this season. Um, Justin Close is in a role that he did not expect to be in uh, because they went into the season with Jack LaFontaine as the starter. He was in his third season. He is the captain of the team because in college hockey, your goalie can be your captain. Like, cool. Uh, LaFontaine doing fine uh, with Minnesota. Uh, and then he, so he is a prospect of the Carolina Hurricanes organization who at one point had literally every goalie under contract get hurt. Uh, they were down to like, they had like one guy in the NHL, uh, their AHL guys were basically like an e-bug and an ECHL guy. Like they had no one. And they essentially went to Jack LaFontaine, who was their only available prospect who could conceivably make the jump to pro in the middle of his season and said, do you want to play in the NHL? And so of course he says, yes. I mean, he has a, a, a long think about it because, you know, you're playing for one of the best college teams in the country. You know, you're going to have a shot at the frozen four, but NHL. Uh, so middle of the season, Jack LaFontaine leaves, uh, turns professional and hands the crease over. And it's you you wouldn't know that they just went through this very bizarre upheaval uh, in, in their net situation, because uh, like like Jason said, uh, it's been fine. Uh, you wouldn't know that anything bizarre happened. But I, I cannot think of any other time I've ever seen this happen of a player midseason just being like, yep, I'm out. And they needed him. They legit had no other goalies. He played, he made his NHL debut already because they had no one left to play. Wow. That is absolutely wild and bizarre. And so we'll take a look at Justin's numbers here. Yeah. Games 
played throughout the career, um, that's what we're looking at. So it's not like there's a lot of experience for career stats for Justin Close. I don't even think the website has fully updated <laughs> stats going into this game. Like, that's what's up there. So, I mean, that's 1920-2021. This is the 2021-22 season, just in case anyone was curious. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what a wild, what a wild situation. But hey, you take the the opportunities as they come. And Minnesota is, uh, you know, taking that all the way to the Frozen Four. Um, another thing, though, and I know I talked about it when I spoke to Jay in our first preview, but there's a lot of Olympic experience. I mean, another thing about these athletes and a lot of these teams is that they've had a little bit of experience, maybe not as uh, acute as what you just explained, Sarah, <laughs> but having players come in and out of the the lineup because no NHL players um, at the Olympics means that you did get to see some of these guys at the Olympics. Um, so I know that uh, I'm going to bring Kelly back in here because, you know, you mentioned Nathan Smith, um, obviously played for the United States. It was one of the, actually with Maddie Beneers, was one of the people that um, was kind of touted around pre-Olympics to uh, get the team going. But you also have several Olympians on the Gophers as well. I mean, Ben uh, Myers, um, Matthew, how do you say it? Knees? Knees? I don't know. And Brock Faber. So I want to take you, let's talk about Brock. Let's talk about Brock. Sarah, I believe that's your department. <laughs> that is. Uh, he is one of the most highly touted defensive prospects the Kings have in their system. Um, you know, I just got done saying that I haven't seen any player leave midseason to go to their to their NHL team to start their contract. But uh, the Kings right now, they're getting healthier. But at one point, they had one guy left on defense who had been their opening on their opening night roster. And the rest were AHL call-ups because everyone had gotten hurt. And people were sitting there looking at the Frozen Four, looking at the, the men's college tournaments, going like, we know, we know Minnesota's good, but maybe they could lose. And then because the, the, everyone knows essentially that as soon as his season is done, Brock Faber is signing a deal to turn pro that everyone thinks he is. Um, he has been a huge part of this team. Uh, but, you know, Kings fans, they want to see him go the whole way. They want to see him win the championship. But they also were a little bit like, but they could lose and he could come here and play for us and it'd be great. Uh, but, you know, he has been a huge part of that team. I feel like if you look at anyone talking about, you know, players to watch or keys to success for Minnesota – uh, it, it's kind of one of those things as Brock Faber goes, so is this team going to go. Um, he, on defense, he's a fantastic skater. Uh, he has kind of a, I would say his game is simple. It's not, he's not flashy. He's not going to wow you with like crazy trick shots or anything, but um, he, he's been a standout at college. He was, you know, it was unfortunate that the U S Olympic team didn't get to go uh, very far because he was already playing, the most minutes in many of those games for a U.S. defenseman uh, as one of the younger players out there. So it's a little bit of what could have been, but he's a very exciting prospect. Um, and K Kings fans are like, man, well, he's here now. So might as well just win the whole thing. 
<laughs> yeah. If he's not going to be with us, might as well, right. you know, win something. Yeah. I hear that. I hear that. All right, Kelly, I want to come to you because you come from the college game. Uh, you call college hockey, both women's and men's side. So the, the there's a difference though, in what we see from what Sarah was talking about, as far as um, players coming in and out or being offered that opportunity. Um, but it's also different when there is an opportunity for college players to play in the Olympics, because as far as I know, on the men's side, it's not like they um, they sit out a year and then have that left as eligibility. They go to the Olympics, they do their thing there, and then they come back. So, uh, you know, what can you say about what it's been like over the years to cover some mm-hmm. of those college athletes on the men's side that have come back and forth? Well, it's been great to watch. Um, like I said, I didn't have a chance to watch Nathan Smith in person uh, again. He's missed six games because of the Olympics. He comes back and he leads his team with 50 points. Um, to me, it just that experience he gets as an Olympian is priceless, basically. And the fact that he was coached by his college coach at the Olympics is even bigger, um, you know, consistency for him. But it has been fun to watch. I love that they pulled the college kids into the Olympics rather than the pros. I think it's a great experience, a world stage, um, or the, the pros, they've already got that playing in the NHL or the AHL or whatever. But I think it is, I mean, let's go back to the 1980s, amazing <laughs> men's Olympic year I think I've ever witnessed. Of course, I was, and uh, I won't tell you how old I was, but I <laughs> I do remember watching it and uh it was kids i mean i'm from the state of her brooks so, so you know <laughs> it's what it is yeah indeed indeed very cool experience to see some of those young guys as sarah mentioned usa didn't quite um advance the way they wanted i thought they looked really good really strong just came up against just you know a, a team that wasn't really w- ready to go home yet that that's Them's the breaks, and I don't know where Maddie Beneers was in the shootout, but, uh, you know, maybe I'm biased. Who knows? Locked on Kraken host. Who knows? Got to be there in Beijing, China, just to see – well, not just, but to – I was I was at – I will say I was at the men's tournament only for Maddie Beneers, with respect to everyone else, but the only reason I, I, I upset my sleep pattern was to watch Maddie Beneers. Um, he had a great tournament, though, but all right – Jason, you've got some prospects with uh, with some opportunity also uh, here. So let's talk about what the Ducks are, are thinking. So I don't know. It sounded like there might. It sounded like the Kings fans are now okay <laughs> with Faber staying, but for a while there, maybe they were teetering. What's what's the vibe from the Ducks fan camp? <laughs> <laughs> ah, that's their vibe right now. <laughs> they just traded away half their team for a lot of draft picks. So that's their vibe right now. Sad to say. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. We can relate. Exactly. So oh, there's, there's one defenseman in particular that I know Ducks fans are kind of salivating over watching. And that is Jackson Lacombe, who, by the way, I'm trying to get my hair as curly as Jackson. <laughs> Not quite as blonde, but almost as curly. He is the prime defenseman for the Minnesota Golden Gophers. In fact, leading all defensemen in Minnesota right now with 30 points, three points and 27 assists. 
but he's kind of a prototypical, just great hands, good puck sense, good on special teams as far as Lacombe is concerned, and a great junior. And by the way, Sarah, I don't know if you saw him, but he also played for the Chicago Steel back in the USHL. So that might be a name that you recognize, Sarah, from back in the day. Yeah, both of your guys. Him and uh, McLaughlin, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the other one. There it is. Yeah. Look at that flow. I don't know. I don't know if you if you if you got the sauce for that, Jason. I'm, I'm respectfully, I don't know that anyone does. That is that is serious. Wow. That's a beautiful head of lettuce. I'm not gonna lie there. It really is. It really is. <laughs> but yes, Lacombe, you've got another one. All right. <laughs> yeah, so uh, a little bit more on Lacombe. So uh his defensive play, I think, could help the ducks further on. And when you talk about a guy that I think could be very good for a second round pick back in 2019. By the way, same draft as some guy that's also a duck. That, that That's really good. I, I think he had a lacrosse goal or two. Same draft. I'd say the Ducks drafted well there. Uh, they just brought up another defenseman that was playing in college, and that is Drew Hellison. Drew Hellison just made his debut with the San Diego Goals, got his first point last weekend against Tucson Roadrunners. So that's another defenseman that the Goals just brought up. And the reason for that is because the Ducks traded away all their guys or all their other guys got hurt. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, sorry. There's no more Josh Manson among other players. So San Diego's looking to get some guys back because they can't rely on Jacob Larson all the time. So I, I know Ducks fans are saying, oh, it's a shame that Minnesota won again. We really want to see Lacombe make his professional debut. Oh, darn. <laughs> But he's one of the heart and soul players of that team. And someone else, Sarah, that I know you're familiar with, Blake McLaughlin. How can you not be excited about Blake McLaughlin? I feel that's one of the steals in that third round 2018 draft. When you think about a guy that went all the way down to number 79, and he is right now almost leading his team in points. In fact, he is number two in points for the Golden Gophers this season, 33 points, right behind Ben Myers. But I, I like McLaughlin's game a lot. Um, he's got some clutch goals this season, including, by the way, a very important goal against Western Michigan, who they just shot out. So <laughs> I look at both of these guys. Their style, I mean, McLaughlin's style is he's very good at puck protection. He's good at finding open shots. I wouldn't say he's a shot first kind of guy, but he's someone that can get to the open spots when he needs to. So I cannot wait to see him possibly play with the Ducks later on. I would say probably the goals more likely, but I would like to see him make his pro debut pretty soon. And Jackson Lacombe, especially I am super, super excited about Lacombe coming down here to sunny SoCal playing for the goals later this season. Can't wait. I but mean, I don't know that golden year. title first. Got to win the title first. That golden hair in su sunny Southern Cali. That's Ooh. a lot. That's going to look good. <laughs> that's going to that's gonna be pretty sharp, not going to lie. Got to make sure to invest in some solid sunblock, though, for the rest of it. I think that the curls, the coils, <laughs> the tress is going to be amazing. Just got to make sure everything, the skincare routine has got to be on point. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to do the shake head like thing, but it's so hard. Yeah. Like on the beach, like the wind flowing through his hair, like the sand, like the spray of the ocean. Like he's perfect. Very perfect for Southern California. 
Welcome back to Locked On Anaheim Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with JD Hernandez. Once again, thanks to a plethora of people for joining. I actually joined in with the squad cast, as we call it, Erica Ayala from Locked On Kraken. Also present was Sarah Avampado from Locked On LA Kings. And of course, there was a fourth person on there, Kelly Schultz who is not on the Locked On Podcast Network, but she's a play-by-play announcer. She's award-winning. She announces for the PHF. So great having all three of them join in on the roundtable as we talked about the Frozen Four, which is tonight. Now, for those of you that saw the tweet about, oh, what made them a shocked face? I'll just put it out there right now. I wanted to be a little bit of, uh, you know, I just, I just wanted to have some fun. Everyone else is picking Michigan to be Denver, right? I wanted to go on the contrary and say, you know what? I'm going to be different just for the sake of being different. Denver is going to beat Michigan. Yeah, I don't know if that's actually going to happen. Michigan is the clear favorites here. But man, oh man. Michigan had some... They had some moments where I thought they're beatable. But they're still the favorites. I still have them winning the whole thing. So that's what I have going on. That can, that's going to be a fun one to watch. Denver, Michigan on ESPN2. But the big one tonight at 5.30 Pacific, Minnesota versus Minnesota State. Get to see some future San Diego goals, possibly some future Anaheim Ducks. So that will all be fun to watch. Once again, that is tonight. This show has gone on quite long today. So I'm not going to keep this segment too long. But I will point out that there are some games this coming week for the San Diego goals. Some very important games. They don't have a lot left, but they have a double header at Abbotsford this weekend. They have a game Friday and a game on Saturday. The Friday night and Saturday night game are both at 7 o'clock. And I'm thinking about going to this. I'm not quite sure yet, but there is a watch party going on this weekend. Might be kind of fun. I still don't know if I'm going to check that out. I would like to go to more events and say hi to some fans and all that jazz. But Saturday is going to be a tough one. That's also kind of a long drive because that's all the way down on Mission Bay. But I'm thinking about it. I do want to come out to more goals games and more of these watch parties because they sound really cool. So if you're able, possibly check that out. I don't know if I'm going to go yet, but watch party this Saturday. And that's at the Marina Cove Room at the Dana on Mission Bay. So that could be fun to watch. So that's Friday, Saturday. There's also a game on Wednesday, April 13th. This is a very important game. Ontario's coming to Pechanga Arena. The first of three meetings between the Ontario Reign and the San Diego Goals. Hoping to have Sarah Avampado on next week's Locked On Goals to talk about the heated rivalry between the Heat, or not the Heat, the Heat is Stockton, between the Reign and the Goals. And a quick look at the standings before we head off. The San Diego Goals right now have the sixth seed in the Pacific Division. And here's how the playoffs work for those of you that haven't listened or for those of you that are here for the first time. Here's how the playoffs work. The bottom two teams from each division will not make the playoffs. So in the Pacific Division, there are nine teams. Seed number one gets a bye. That's looking like it's going to be the Stockton Heat. Then there's going to be a best of three mini series, two versus seven, three versus six, and four versus five. As it stands right now, 
Ontario looks like they've almost got that second seed locked up. They would play the seventh seed, which right now would be the Henderson Silver Knights. Colorado would play the San Diego Gulls. And the Bakersfield Condors would play the Abbotsford Canucks. But it's really close between third through fifth, so that could change. San Diego, if they can win a few more games and Henderson continues their losing ways right now, then I would say Henderson would be seven. They'd play Ontario. And San Diego would play either Colorado, Bakersfield, or Abbotsford. Likely Colorado, which could be a fun one because we'd have the return of Kiefer Sherwood during the playoffs. Sherwood has looked quite good lately. Colorado has looked like a team that's on a mission right now. So that could be fun to watch. Ontario is getting some reinforcements back. Matt Roy is coming back to the lineup for the LA Kings tonight. So that's possibly going to be a big deal for the Kings this weekend. And also, also, that means some reinforcements would be coming back to the Ontario Reign. I would say Jordan Spence would likely come back for the playoffs. And the Reign could be a team to beat in the playoffs. Also coming back is Brendan Lemieux for the Kings. So I would expect some of these guys that were playing in Ontario during the majority of the season, they're going to come back, especially as more Kings come back. For the Ducks, and for the Gulls, rather, Simon Benoit is going to be the guy that's going to come back. And now that we have all these ATOs happening, now that you have these college kids coming in, there could be a bit of a logjam in all positions for the San Diego Gulls. And that's a good problem to have. The good problem is to have an embarrassment of riches, especially with the Ducks not making the playoffs. Then you're going to have a couple guys return to the San Diego Gulls. And I I don't know if I like them against Colorado, but that could be an intriguing matchup that could go all three games. So once again, let's be on the lookout for all that. All right, that's going to do it for today's podcast. Once again, thank you all so much for your continued support. Thanks so much for listening. It is greatly appreciated. Don't forget this podcast is free and available across all platforms, including Odyssey, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, among a plethora of others. You could follow my personal Twitter at StimpyJD. The show's Twitter, which you should really be following, is at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to shoot me a line, you could email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And thanks for the great comments that I've been getting. Y'all are awesome. Once again, uh, thanks for making this your first listen of the day. And go ahead and make Locked On NHL your second listen of the day with a bevy of fantastic hosts every day. So check out Locked on NHL. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks for listening. It's appreciated. Greatly appreciated. For Locked on Goals, I'm J.D. Hernandez saying have a great rest of the day. Please continue to be safe out there. Be kind to one another. And ducks and gulls fly together. <laughs>